By now, hopefully, you should know that we are in a fearless family series as a part of our annual theme of being strong and courageous. We're talking about the family using the picture of a house and how God intends the house to be built first on his firm foundation, the, the foundation of his word, not just knowing it, but applying it. And then next, the permanent walls, the structural walls that are important to the integrity and the soundness of the home. We've talked about uh, the mighty mom who's not 100% able or perfect, but 100% willing. The courageous covenant of one man and one woman living together for a lifetime in the covenant of marriage. In the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about honored and honorable parents and how that works together. Today, we're talking about fearless fathers. Um, We have a tradition in the Levering household on Mother's Day or Father's Day, whoever's day it is. They get to stay in bed and everybody else in the family goes to make breakfast and bring in card or gift. So today was my day and I was uh, in bed and then the door came open and they came and wished me Happy Father's Day. And I opened my card and opened my little gifts and Got the tie and got a new belt and thank you for noticing. Uh, Grace said, it's a beautiful tie, Dad. I said, yes, and it's, it's God's favorite color. She said, Dad, it's not pink. <laughs> well, I was sitting there going through gifts and, and uh, my breakfast was there and Tyler was kind of sitting by the bedside and said, so, Dad, what are you preaching on today? Well, I looked at him kind of mischievously. I said, well, we're talking about dads and how awesome we are. He just looked back and rolled his eyes and said, Dad, nobody wants to hear that. (laughs) I thought about that because we were just joking around, of course. But it occurred to me that I think sometimes that's true. Even in church, a place where we ought to honor fathers, sometimes we shy away from honoring fathers. Sometimes we've had bad experiences. Our father wasn't a great example, or maybe he was distant, or maybe he wasn't around at all. And so it leaves with us a wound, makes it very difficult to honor fathers. In our world, in culture, there is no one uh, more mocked and marginalized than the father in the family. If you turn on any television program or watch any movie... The father's always sort of the bumbling idiot. He's inept. He's an incompetent. Uh, he doesn't know what's going on. And I think that's the enemy's way of attacking what I believe is the most important figure in the family. Now, I'm not, I'm not dis- discounting mothers and their influence. Please don't hear that. But if you understand what it means to have a negative influence as a father or to have a father who was never there, you understand how important this role is. Not only is it important, but it must be fulfilled and fulfilled well. So our goal at Northside is to encourage fathers, to build fathers up. There are no perfect fathers. Can I get an amen from dads? We're working at it, but we mess up sometimes too. But dads, you carry with you something that their mother will not carry. And that is every time a person refers to God as their father, 
Their next reaction will depend largely upon your example, on your impression, on your leadership. So as fathers, we must take this very seriously, setting the right example for them, being godly fathers. I can tell you all about the negative impact of fathers, the great leaders of history, some of the most violent criminal offenders. You've got them all in a room. You ask them to talk about their fathers, you'd probably get some wicked looks, some tears, and some anger. You go back and again and again, whether it's for good or for ill, the great leaders of history, whether evil or good, much of who they became depended upon the influence of their father or the lack thereof. I could tell you all about that. I could give you many historical examples, or I could show you a 30-second video that I think captures it well. Now, the video I'm about to show you is from a program that I'm not going to fully endorse. I don't really even know much about it, other than it's daytime television, if that tells you anything. And daytime television is not good for much, but even amongst that garbage heap, there is a treasure every now and again. And in this program called Jenny Jones, they did a a little feature where they were going to take these misbehaving boys and put them in boot camp. And and after a week or so, see if their attitude and their behavior had changed. So here's the clip from this show, which will tell you deeply how much a father matters. You love that woman right there? You love her, right? Yes, sir? Now... You're not an adult till you're 18. Do you want me to be your daddy for the next eight years, son? Huh? Yes, sir. You do? (laughs) Why do you want me to be your daddy? I have no daddy. You have no daddy? Well, let me tell you something. Come here. Give me a hug. I don't know who put all the onions in the pulpit this morning. Whether it's a 10-year-old boy or a 40-year-old man, that resonates with your hearts. Because either your father was like his father or your father was the exact opposite. This morning, I want to encourage men in three specific ways that God calls fathers to be. Number one, God calls fearless fathers to lead the family. God appointed men to lead their households, not as tyrants or dictators. This is why the world hates this idea, so politically incorrect that it is. But that is not the calling that Jesus gave for leadership. The calling that Jesus gave for leadership, as his apostles were talking about, tell us, Who's the greatest? Tell us. Can can we be sitting next to you uh, on your right or your left in your kingdom? And as they were so busy talking about leadership and title and privilege, Jesus was taking a knee and a towel and washing their feet. And he said to them, you know that the Gentiles rule it over them, but not so with you. 
Christ calls men to lead, not as tyrants or dictators, but as servants who serve their wife and their children, not that they walk all over them, but that they serve them because they love them. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 24. If you're in your Bibles, you'll turn there. Now, verse 24, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And why did he do, does he do this? Verse 26, to make her holy. God's leaders, dads, not only should love their families and serve them, but they should sanctify them. Everything that is done should be done to make them holy. Dads are the great trainers of the family. They teach their children to do a lot of things, how to hunt how to fish, maybe about sports, or how to restore a a car or rebuild an engine, how to fix things. Those are all good things, and I appreciate the dads that do those things. But the number one thing you ought to do, intentionally so, is to train your children about the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So we must take this call seriously because it is one of God's highest callings. A father who does this well will have a a tree of his family that yields plenty of fruit in its season. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. This is not necessarily a fathering verse, but in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul writes about his relationship between he and the church at Thessalonica. And as it was in my study, it occurred to me that so many of the writers refer to this father-child relationship. And not just in Thessalonians, but of course Paul writing to Timothy as his true son in the faith. Or John, the apostle of love, who would say, I have no greater joy than to know that my children are walking in the truth. Not talking about biological children, talking about his children in Christ. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 through 12. For you know, Paul writes, that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of the calling of I'm sorry, lies worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and his glory. Fathers, how you lead your children makes a huge impact on how your children see God when they hear him described as father. When they hear the word father, do they immediately think of God as a tyrant or distant or uncaring or unavailable? or unconcerned, or mean, and critical, and constantly judging? Or when they hear the word Father, will they think of a God who's loving, who's helpful, who's concerned, who's comforting, who's engaged, who's joyful, 
and who's encouraging. If your father was a good example and he set for you the second list, then I hope today you take the time to sincerely call, write a message, or just in person thank him for doing that. For he is the exception, unfortunately, and not always the rule. Craig Dossey told me one time that one thing he remembered in particular about his dad, Ron, is that he hardly ever heard him yell. No matter how mad he knew he was, he knew, or he never remembered Ron yelling except for one time. And it was a very serious situation. The kids were arguing. And they knew when he yelled that it was serious because it was so rare an event. Now, how do you think that impacted Craig's picture and image still today of his father, God? Gentle shepherd, as we sang this morning. You see, Ron's example made an eternal impact Not only to his child, to his son, but to his children's children. It leaves a legacy. The second thing fearless fathers are called to do is from the verse that we read this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. I just said, act like men. But 1 Corinthians chapter 16 lists inner qualities over externals. And this is important because as dads... I think sometimes we believe, we buy into the idea that what makes a great man a great man is that he's successful. That people respect him. Whether that's becoming a great athlete, whether that's being a successful businessman, maybe an avid hunter, perhaps a brilliant mind. These are the pictures, and they're all externals. Those aren't bad things. I'm just saying that's not what the Bible focuses on. The Bible focuses not on the external, but on the internal. Number one, be watchful. The picture here in the original language is that of a security guard. Uh, If you ever see them, especially if they're armed, usually they're not look, you know, they're not Barney Fife just looking for a fight. They're ready. They're staring. They're watching the crowd. Uh, They're looking for signs of danger. They are peaceful people, but they are prepared. If the worst comes down, they're ready to throw their lives in harm's way. Dads, you are the protectors of your family. Uh, When you hear someone, a a noise in the middle of the night, your feet should be the first to hit the ground. Uh, If something does happen, it should be yours that is the first line of defense. Uh, But very rarely will that be the case. However, fathers should be protectors on a daily basis. I remember the story of, uh, that Brian Ashcraft told me one time several years ago. Of course, he had two daughters, has two daughters, sorry, and uh, uh, he was interviewing the girl's boyfriends. They were getting ready, to, they had been dating a while or something, and, and he just laid down the law. In terms of when they would be home and how they would be treated while they were away and what the consequences may or may not be, more likely may be, if those rules were not aligned to. Why did Brian do that? Because he's a good dad. 
because he takes his role as protector seriously. I have to believe that if Brian ever saw his daughters wearing something inappropriate, he would jump out and say, "Uh uh-uh, no, not my daughter. My daughter will be a young lady. Why is he doing that? Because he's a protector. That's what good dads do. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 26, there's this passage talking about idols. This is out of context, I understand, but I think there is a lesson that can be drawn out from it. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 26, the inspired scripture says this, Do not bring a detestable thing into your house. He's talking about idols, of course, but I think dads, if they take their role seriously, should be the ones to say, no, we're not going to watch that movie. Uh, No, we will not be listening to that kind of music. No, I'm sorry, Uh, this is not the way we talk and joke. Uh, Dads are the ones who put the filters on the computer and on the internet to protect their children and themselves. They have a protector mindset. They see danger in a spiritual perspective. Second, he says, stand firm in the faith. Be strong in the matter of God, in the matters of God. Choose your battles carefully. And on the things on which God stands, you stand firmly as well. In today's world, those very simple things seem profound. I mean, simple things like when God said God created them male and female. You can get in trouble for for going against that today. You can be called hateful and a bigot for being called that today. A godly man says, no, no, we understand there's a difference. And and I'm going to protect my son and my daughter because I'm a good dad. Third, act like men. Conduct yourselves appropriately. Now, this doesn't mean you have to grow a Duck Dynasty beard and spend weeks in the woods. That's okay, I guess, but... That's not what he's talking about here. And we'll go back to an Old Testament reference when the king, one of the wisest or one of the best kings God ever had, who had a heart after his own, David, was talking to his son near the end of his life. First Kings chapter 2 records this of David's last, some of his last words. He says to Solomon, his son, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man. He goes on to explain. Keep the charge of the Lord your God. Walk in his ways. Keep his statutes, his commands, his rules, and his testimonies. When he says what it is to be a man, what he does is he points back to the Father. He tells him these are the things which matter. When you're acting like men, you're, you're pointing your life Back to the standards of God. Number four, be strong. Again, not physical strength, not how much you can lift or how many rounds you can go of boxing or how far you can run, but moral courage, the courage to make the hard decision. Every kid needs a hero. And unfortunately, our world is giving them fewer and fewer heroes. Dads, you're the first hero whether you want to be or not. So stand up and be bold. Be your kid's hero. Don't give up. Stand up for what is right. Even if you stand alone.
And finally, he says, let all you do be done in love. A real man is motivated not by fear, but by love of God and love of his family. What makes you a godly father comes down not to what you do, but to who you are. And the third calling that God gives to men as fathers is to set a godly example. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, Paul makes a very outrageous statement. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Beautiful. Father, your children are your first disciples. Jesus said the son does only what he sees the father doing. And that is so true. If you think about how true that is, thinking about Lewis Tandy. Lewis Tandy, of course, preached in, in the pulpit for many years here at Northside. Now, you probably know that Lewis was a preacher. What you may not know is that Lewis was also an English teacher, eighth grade English. Now, what's interesting to me is that Lewis's son, Steve, and his other son, Gary, Steve, of course, went on to do lots of many uh, amazing things, but he eventually ended up in the pulpit. And Gary was an English professor. That, to me, is a telling example of how profound a father's influence really is. This morning, Justin Harold led a prayer, and you may have not noticed on his shirt was a little KU logo. And if you go by Justin and say Rock Chalk, he'll say Jayhawk. Would it surprise you if I were to ask Clark, who his favorite basketball team is, that he would say the KU Jayhawks. Or his favorite football team, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs. Why is that? Because the son does what he sees his father doing. You set the example in so many ways. You set the example in your marriage. Uh, yesterday, we had a beautiful ceremony framed right here for Al and Rosie West. Fantastic. Married 50 years. Al and Rosie, where are you? Would you stand for just a minute? Married 50 years yesterday. That's fantastic. And I want to honor you, and I especially want to honor Al, because of the example that you set in your marriage. Because I sat right there with my son and explained to him what true manhood is about. As I told him what it means to keep the covenant which you made five decades ago. That ought not only to be honored, but those stories ought to be retold and the example should be lived out in our families. In your work ethic, fathers, do you rise early? Do you work hard? Are you ethical in your business? In your character, are you consistent? Um, many years ago in the youth group, we went out to the home of Rodney and Joyce Bole. We were having a devotional. Part of that devotional, we were having, there was a, a bonfire. Now, the bonfire wasn't for any specific, wasn't to cook. It was just to, for the kids to be around the bonfire. Well, out came the fire department, and they told... They told Rodney, 
that he wasn't allowed to have a bonfire, but if it was a food fire, that would be okay. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Rodney said, unfortunately, sir, it's just a bonfire. You see what he did there? He set an example of character and integrity that I remembered 14 years later. You understand now why his sons have such fantastic integrity, because they saw that lived. See, Rodney had an opportunity there to tell a little white lie that even the fire department wouldn't have cared about. But Rodney paid a fine that day that yielded far more in benefits than anything that he lost. Do you set your example of God? Do you live by his word? Do your children see you reading God's word, talking about God's word, any place other than outside of church, or than in a church building? And encourage. Do you do what everyone else does, or do you, do you stand up for what's right? Many times, especially the recent battle of my son trying to get an iPhone, He'll make the case, Dad, Dad, every other 11-year-old on planet Earth has an iPhone, except me. I'm the only one. And I'll tell him that's the worst case you can possibly make with your father. You should have those battles, whatever they are, and stick to your guns. Remember that one day, fathers, your children will follow your example rather than your advice. So set the right example. Train your sons to be gentlemen and train your daughters to know what one looks like. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36 says this, You need to persevere. I know it's not easy. I know the world gives you a hard time. But don't give up. Why? Hebrews 10:36. So that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what has been promised. Don't give up and don't give in. You say, that's great, but I'm not sure what to do. At Northside, our goal is to help every Christian on their journey. And so, dads, I want to offer you a couple of of things this morning. First, we want you to know that we appreciate you and we love you. And we want to do whatever we can to help you. Um, I want to ask this morning... For all men who are dads, who have grown children, who have been through raising their children, and who feel like they would be willing to be a a counselor, an example, and a mentor to a young man who has young children and who's struggling in fatherhood. If you'd be willing to help him personally, one-on-one, give him some coaching and training, would you please stand up this morning? Now, young fathers, it is not easy. And as men, we are prone to not ask for help. But if you will look around at these men, and I see a lot of good ones, and seek out their counsel and their wisdom and their prayers and their guidance, you will do well. Thank you, gentlemen. And number two, uh, Coach Allen has a wonderful men's ministry. Uh, the men of God is what the, it's called, and this is their logo, and you'll see announcements. And I believe the next meeting is on July 16th. Is that right? 
Larry, would you stand up for, for them so that they know who you are? It's hard to miss Coach Allen. He's a, he's a refrigerator of a man, but he has a, he has a God-fearing and a God-centered heart. And he wants to help coach other men, and he's doing that in the men's ministry. So mark your calendars for July 16th. And, of course, I'm fairly sure that you know Steve Tandy, but I'll ask him to stand anyway, just because I asked Coach Allen. Oh, young preachers, don't we do that all the time? Here's Steve. And Steve is, has graciously agreed to lead a fathering class. He's, done, he's certified with the a National Fathering Institute and has done several of these in the past. It's been a few years. This is going to be a couple of evening commitment, probably. We don't have all the details yet. But if you're interested in your handout, you can just fill out that bottom page where it says, I'm interested, tear it off on the dotted line, put it in the box as you leave, Steve's going to take up that list, and he'll be contacting you with the details. It's wonderful. I went to the last one. I think it was probably five, six, seven years ago. I don't remember, but it was uh, very good, lots of good practical information. So let us help you. I've given you three, uh, and, and we hope that you will take advantage of those. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't say I realize that some of you are past... Your father has maybe gone on, and you're not sure. He just left such a deep father wound. Let me tell you that one of the great reasons we come to Christ is for forgiveness. But the word forgiveness is not just about receiving forgiveness. The word itself says it's forgiving. And so if your dad wasn't a great dad, do him and yourself a world of good. By spending this afternoon forgiving him in your heart. You can't undo the past and perhaps your father can't either. But you can forgive him and realize that you don't have a perfect father. No one does. But you have a heavenly father who loves you perfectly. This morning if you don't know him and you're ready to know him. Or if you need some help in your fathering more directly. And you want our our shepherds to pray with you. Please come if you have any need. As together we stand and sing.